good thing. It is really a good thing. When the Lord is messed, when He feels messy, it feels. I'm telling you, it feels. It's good. That's where it's really at. It's really good because good things happen. God things happen. And I know if you're uh, don't like messes, it's sort of hard, but you'll be all right. In fact, you'll be more than all right. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And that's where we're at in the body of Christ. We're entering into a new season. And God really wants us to move on with Him. He wants us to, he wants us to let go of the season of past and move into the new thing that He's doing today. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call, that's what we're... That's what we're talking about, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that's really what the Lord is asking us today. In fact, the Lord is reaching His hand out to us today and asking us and wooing us. This, there's an upward call. It's time to move forward. It's a new season spiritually. Um, and first of all, first and foremost about the upward call, it really is about your relationship with the Lord, about closeness with God and about His relationship with you. That's really, what, that's really the most important thing. Let's look at Mark 3, verse 13 through 15. Uh, this is a great uh, couple of verses. We've been talking about these verses here now for a year, uh, indirectly or indirectly. But it, this really des- this describes this upward call. Okay, this describes it. This is what was happening. Uh, let me say it to you like this. In the Bible, we had a these uh, disciples and they were with Jesus and then this situation happened. Okay? This situation happened. And once this situation happened, things changed. It was like a shift in Jesus' ministry. Okay? It says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he, those he wanted and they came to him. So he went up. Okay? Went up. This, that's the upward call. And he called these people to him. Uh, his disciples, and they, and they responded. See, we've got to respond to the Lord. If we really want to come into all that God has for us, He's asking us for a response. He's asking us to, to come when He calls us. Uh, and it goes on and says, uh, And He appointed twelve, designating them apostles. See, something happened. They weren't apostles. There were no such things as apostles until this moment. See, it was a shift. A spiritual shift happened. And he appointed them. And see, that's what God's doing. There's an upward call, and God is looking for people who will respond to them. And when we do, there will be a spiritual shift that will happen in your life. But if you don't respond, okay, if you just decide you don't want to, you're, you know, this shift can't, won't, it'll be delayed. Let me put it to you like that. It'll be delayed for you. And this is what he said, that they, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. Um, and that's really uh, what the Lord wants to do. Um, this is important, okay? Let me just try to summarize something really quick and make it real concise with you about, about power and authority. If you study the Bible, it is clear that Jesus had a lot of power, and it is clear from Luke 4 that he got that power when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? That's a sort of a clear teaching in the Bible. But the, the difference between a power and authority is, is uh, authority is not power. Authority is the ability or right to use power. Okay? And Jesus got his ability and right to use this power that he got when he was filled with the Holy Spirit 
because, number one, of his relationship with God the Father, that Jesus was close with God the Father, and that Jesus attained his identity as a person from God the Father. And Jesus got who he was. He got his, uh, his whole calling and everything from God the Father. He responded to this call. So that's really what the Lord wants to do when he gives us this upward call, just like what he did with those 12. See, the Lord loved those people. He cared about those people. Okay, and he gave them an identity. He gave them relationship, and he gave them authority. He gave them authority. And every believer has power. See, you have the power. You and I have power in us. We have resident power in us. The problem is we don't have resident authority in us. But now in this season, God is looking for people who will respond to him like the, like the 12 did and go and be with him, respond to this upward call of God in Christ and as you respond and, and have this relationship, have this love relationship with Him, find your identity in Him, not find your identity in Him, you will become, you'll begin to re be released into the authority of God. He will give you the position in the kingdom that He has set aside for you. If you desire that, the Lord's doing that today, okay? So that's a part of the upward call of God in Christ. But also, the upward call of God is also a call to change. Is to transition into a new season spiritually. Um, so what God is also doing, He's not only calling us to authority, He's calling us um, because there is a, we're living in a new spiritual season. He's asking us and inviting us to join Him in this new spiritual season. And it can be difficult for people to stay the way they've always been. It can be hard to do this. It can be risky to do this. It can be risky to change directions in your life. It can be risky to be something different that you've not been before. But the Lord's calling us. That's what the upward call is about. It's, a, it's changing. It's becoming something different at this time. Um, this is one thing the Lord really really spoke to me, and I wrote it. Did you want to put that up there? Stick that up there. Uh, this, is, we got, it, this is what the Lord said to me. Overstaying in a spiritual place or purpose will always lead to barrenness and sometimes disaster. So we have this upward call. God's calling us. We're, you know, there, we have a new season. And if you stay too long in the old season, you are endangering yourself. There's a barrenness, a spiritual barrenness that will come upon you where your Christian life will become unfruitful. And you will become dull spiritually. And you can, it can also lead to disaster. You can get in trouble. You can get in trouble. You can fall into sin. You can you know, do some corrupt things because you, you've not listened to the Lord. You've not come up. You've not responded to this upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So the Lord's asking people on a practical level, are you willing to change your attitude? Are you willing to change your perspective? Are you willing to take a, a different position today than you had yesterday? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to humble yourself to do that? And that's really what it takes to really respond to this upward call of God in Christ. There's an element of humility, of going low with God to be able to have what He ha has and be able to respond to this. You see, it's sort of mind-boggling in a way. It is an upward call, but for, in order for us to fulfill this upward call, we have to go down. We have to humble ourselves. We have to become less in our own eyes. We have to, we have to allow our minds to become subjective to the thing that God has. Let me 
read on here, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 9. Um, and this, I'll tell you, it's the, when, you, when you do that, it's a good thing. I'm telling you. When you begin to humble yourself to the Lord, when you begin to put yourself under, it, that's a good place to be. As I said, all right, this is uh, 2 Timothy 1, 9. It says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Now, this is another thing I want you to get this morning. Holy calling. God expects us to treat holy things with respect and honor. You hear what I'm saying to you? Listen, it may look messy when the Lord touches somebody. It's a holy thing when the Lord touches somebody. We must, res- we must respect those things. We must re- treat those things properly. We must give honor to those things, really. You see, man honors things that God has no honor for. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Man honors things that God has no honor for. And if we're honoring things in our hearts that God has lapsed, he's like, I don't honor that. I don't even care about that. Don't dishonor holy things. You can honor things that God's not honoring, but just don't dishonor. In fact, go another level. Go to the next step. Honor what God honors. Honor when the Holy Spirit moves. Honor when the Holy Spirit touches people. Honor when God is reaching out to you. Honor, honor that by responding to God. Because this is the truth. He may not always reach out like that. Tomorrow he may not be. And the very thing that you need in your life, the very thing your heart's crying out for, the very thing your children need, you may have walked away from it because it was an offense to you. So it says it's a holy calling, not according to our works, of course. It's not something that human beings do. But according to his own purposes, own purpose and grace, which, he, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. It's always been God's heart, this upward call of God in Christ. So we understand that there are phases and seasons in the upward call. It doesn't all happen at once. There's times where God calls us up. There's times. And we're living it, and I'm saying we're living in a time he's calling us up. And so when we begin to move with God into this new season, when we begin to make these steps of faith towards Him and allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in our life and allow Him to do what He's doing and join Him in it, then there's a grace that is released. Now, everybody needs grace. There's a grace that is released into our life. And if you refuse, if you refuse to go there, the grace is over here and you're over there. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You've got to go where the grace is. Okay? You didn't get saved if you're saved this morning by not going to the cross. You had to go. You had to go to get saved. In your heart, you have to go where the grace is. The grace is there. It's available. All right, here's some things I was asking the Lord. Well, Lord, what does the grace look like? Number one, spiritual gifts. God has new spiritual gifts available for people right now to do what He's called you to do in this new season. In other words, you, you could have some tremendous gifts of the Spirit operating in your life right now. Okay? And God is not going to take those gifts away from you, of course, but he, there's it's a new season. There's new things for you to do. There's more. Or maybe the spiritual gift you have, God wants to, as someone said this morning, He wants to download the latest version of it. In other words, we want to get, if you're still operating with, uh, what was the old thing, Windows 98? Well, we can operate on this new thing they got now, whatever they call it, Windows something else. XP, yeah. I mean, excellent. 
You see what I'm saying? Spirit, we, could, we could operate like that spiritually. Our spiritual gifts could be upgraded. They could be more. They could be more enriched. They could be a greater grace upon our gifting. Now, if you don't believe that stuff, that's fine, but you can go on and believe stuff that's not true. You know? Believe what the Bible says. All right, number two, finances. Anybody want some finances today? God, there's finances released in the purposes of God. There's finances released in the purposes of God. And I think if we'd all be lying this morning if we didn't say we needed some more finances. And God can release those finances. You can have more finances. You can be blessed financially because God has a place in His kingdom for finances. To, to do whatever God's called you to do in this new place. All right, greater levels of revelation are also releasing for you to walk in this new place. Anybody like to have some more revelation in their life? I mean, honestly. Have you ever just read the Bible and just had no clue what it was talking about? You know, like, you, I mean, I would like to know <laughs> a little bit more about this Bible. Well, God has got revelation where He wants to release into our hearts. He wants to release new revelation of the Word of God. He wants to release new revelation of the Word of God. And the last thing was, is the angelic host. Notice in the Bible, whenever God would begin to do something new, an angel would show up. All of a sudden, there's this new angel. You know, Samson, they're going to have a baby, his mom and daddy in the Old Testament. There's an angel. Mary's going to have a baby. There's this angel. Oh, well, Peter, you know, is in prison. This angel shows up. Angels are sent to us to help us and bless us. God has these... These new angels, not, they may not be new in terms of being creation, but they're new to us. New, they could be assigned to us. That these, are, these angels weren't assigned to us in the last season. And you know what the real trouble is? Maybe the other assignment you had that's over with, maybe the angel that was there to help you is gone. Maybe he's let, well, you're done. I'm through, God. I've finished my job. I've moved on. Now there's this new angel waiting for you if you'll respond to the upward call of God. And the Lord says, i got another angel or, or, or half a dozen more, depending on what needs, to be assigned to help you, to minister to you. And we can miss those things. We can miss giftings. We can miss finances. We can miss revelation. We can miss angels that God has for us if we stay in our natural mode, stay and refuse to respond to the Lord. You hear what I'm saying to you this morning? So this is really important. Now, I ran across it and I remember this story uh, that... Arthur Burke told, but I could never really get it right in my mind because I only heard him tell it one, maybe one time, but I found it written down, just so happens. And I want to read it to you. This is a great little story. And Arthur is talking about how man is made up. Okay, and just let me read what he says here. He says, Each of us is like a house. We each have a spirit that is made alive by the Holy Spirit of God. We call that spirit, our spirit that is made alive by the Holy Spirit of God, the fanatic in the attic. The fanatic in the attic, okay? This fanatic can see from the heights and around corners and unlimited vision from, from its bird's eye view. That's the fanatic in the attic. That's a good thing, man. I'm telling you. Each of us also has a mind which may be brilliant in the natural realm. We call it the fella in the cellar. So you got the fanatic in the attic and the fella in the cellar, okay? Because it cannot see above ground. It cannot see in the spirit. This fellow in the cellar knows nothing about the future and can only make decisions according to its sense knowledge. It is, it is a servant but would like to be the boss. And I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Who's, your, who's the boss 
Is it the fanatic in the attic or the fella in the cellar? And I'm afraid a lot of us, the fella in the cellar, is running our lives. All right, he goes on. There's also this guy in the middle, okay? The harder soul. He's the guy in the middle. He's, that's the, the harder soul. The heart must decide which to follow. You hear what I'm saying to you? The heart that has to decide which is going to follow. The fellow in the cellar that shouts the loudest or the fanatic in the attic. Now, I promise you, the fellow in the cellar really does shout the loudest. He's got the most to say. But the problem with the fellow in the cellar, most of what he says is wrong, especially when it comes to the Spirit of God. It's totally wrong. The fanatic in the attic sees the Spirit and wants to follow God's call the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But the fellow in the cellar with its limited sight fearfully struggles against the fanatic. Anybody had that struggle? <laughs> we all have that struggle. My fellow in the cellar is always telling me, don't, Byron, that's stupid. It's going to mess things up. Don't do it. Don't let them do that. Stop them. Stop that. You've got to stop that. That's the fellow in the cellar. And I'm telling the fellow in the cellar, you've got to be quiet. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. I've abandoned you. I'm done with you. Because you know why I'm done with you? Because you got me nowhere. I've listened to you for years in my spiritual life, and you led me down a dang old road that ended in despair in my life. So I decided to listen to this other fella. He's a fanatic in the attic. <laughs> and he is a fanatic. But he's a good fanatic. He's a wonderful fanatic. He's a beautiful fanatic. I love that fanatic. And when I listen to that fanatic, things change in my life. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth today. The fanatic in the attic is the person to listen to. Who are you listening to? I love that fanatic in the attic. I used to didn't love him. I resisted the fanatic in the attic for years. But my life was not where it needed to be family was hurt over it. The church was hurt over it. Because guess what? The fellow in the cellar is a liar. He's lying to you this morning. He's lying to you. He's got a big mouth. The heart will have to choose which to obey. As we grow in the Lord and begin to delight in His will, our hearts will learn to follow after or the fanatic in the attic. Thus the minor realm bows to the third place to the third place, but eventually becomes enlightened with revelation. God wants to He wants to enlighten the fellow in the cellar. He wants the fellow in the cellar needs to get in on what God's doing. God wants him to. God meant for him to. You hear what I'm saying? The Spirit allows the light to enter and revelation reaches the mind with illumination. But you don't start there. You really don't start there. Are y'all with me? And that's what how the upper call of God in Christ works. That's that's how that thing begins to operate in your life. Who are you listening to? Honestly. Oh, it's disrespectful. In whose book? Not in this book. Not in this book. Whose book? Not in this book. I mean, really, we need to get serious about this. 
disrespectful or not. It's not disrespectful. All right, I want to give you an example. See, I love that fanatic in the attic. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm really getting why I really love it. Because you know what happens? This is what happens. Let me show you. I want to show you this. I really want to show you this. It's, I want you to look at this. All right, this is the fanatic in the attic. Okay? This is really good. You know why this is good? Okay, the fanatic in the attic. Down here. Not down in with the fellow in the cellar, but down here where Jesus is at. You know why it's good down here where Jesus is at? Because he's down here and he's talking to you. Because you chose to get down here. And although it looks stupid outwardly, let me get up here just so you can really see me. Because I really want you to see this. It's not a bad thing to lay down. Okay? I'm just giving you a visual. It's not a bad thing to lay down and look stupid in church. Okay? Because guess who is really stupid? It's people who refuse to get down where Jesus is. And I, I'm not trying to offend you about being stupid. I mean, I know that can be a bad word in some circles, but well, let's put it this way. Maybe it's the not stupid. Maybe it's, maybe it's just you're messed up. Because I was messed up. But I look back on my life when I was like that. I, I say I was stupid. Because I was missing something. Because I refused to bow. Okay? So you get down here, and this is what the Lord does. You're not responsible, Byron. Uh, let me just carry that for you. Uh, you know that situation with your son? Let me tell you what to say to him. This will get him free. Uh, you know your financial thing? Uh, this is what we're going to do about that. Just let me tell you about that. So he tells you all kinds of stuff that you can't get up here. Okay? But if you'll lay down, whatever that means to you, I mean, I'm just giving you a visual. If you lay your arrogant self down, God will begin to speak to you. And sooner or later, the fellow in the cellar will get the message. And he'll think, man, I'm really starting to like this. He'll whine a little bit, no matter what, I think. Because mine's still whining some, but he's got, he likes it. He's getting where he likes this, you know. So I wanted to give you an example in the Bible. I want to give you an example in the Bible of what I'm trying to, you know, a biblical example. I just gave you a, this is an example out of David. We love David, don't we? Second Samuel 5. See, the thing that really doesn't, this seems just, this can't be God. This is so off the wall. Okay? It's the very thing. It's the very thing that God has for you and I. The very thing. Now, David, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, now I want you to get this message. Samuel anointed David to be king. Okay? And promptly all hell broke loose against David. And David spent from 11 to 14 years, I'm not really sure which it is, because I haven't been smart enough to figure it out. But I've been trying to figure it out, but I can't, I can't put it all together. There's some 
things that don't add up. But between 11 and 14 years, he was chased all over the countryside, threatened, slobbering in front of the Philistines. Okay, so here's these same dudes that David was there slobbering and acting like a crazy man because he had nowhere to go. Just He was a whipped man. Couldn't go home because he was trying to kill him at home. You know, his, his whole life was in a mess. So he's slobbering to get these bad people to let him live with them because they because the godly people who were trying to kill him couldn't get to him because of the Philistines. So here he is. And so these people are mad at David because they know David tricked us. That's really what happened. They were mad. This guy's the king. He was right here with us. So they were mad, they were mad as hell at him. That's really what they were. They were going to get that guy. I'm going to get that guy. So they, it says, uh, and, and this is, in the Bible, everybody knows that Philistines... You ever heard the term, you uncircumcised Philistine? God, you know, well, Philistines represent the flesh. They represent the fellow and the seller. That's really who they represent in our personal lives. So David got, finally had this breakthrough in his life, finally got this step into his destiny. That's something God's doing with the upward call. Things that God has for you and I that you knew in your heart for years. And, and, the Lord, and this is a season where you can receive this. You can, you can begin to receive it. You can begin to come into it. So David got this deal. He waited a long time for it. Some of us have been waiting years on stuff that we know that God's given us. So you step into this thing, and immediately the fellow in the cellar rises up because he doesn't want it. The flesh rises up. And so they went looking for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. So you see his immediate response. His immediate response was humility. It says he went down. Okay? He didn't get this attitude. He didn't, you know, start, you know, I'm going to get these guys, you know, bring them on, you know, let's go. No, he went down. He humbled himself, the Bible says. He went down. He went into the strong. See, a lot of this thing, the stuff the Bible's telling us, it's telling us a story, but it's trying to convey something deeper to us. That's what it was trying to say about David. David went down. David got low with God. He got here. Here's what David did. He got down here. I need to get down here. I've got to find the Lord on this thing. These guys are no way. They're, they're not to be messed with. I lived amongst these guys. These guys are murderers. They'll kill you. i just got to be the king. I don't even have an army together yet. See, he got down. He got down low. And the Lord was able to speak to him. He was able to hear Christ down there because Christ is down there in the low place. So he got down there, and it says, uh, David inquired the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Well, it says, The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the Valley of Giants. That's what that means. The Valley of Giants. That's the literal meaning of that. So here, this was the place where the giants who used to live on the earth, that's where they lived. It was their place. Of course, they all pretty much died out every year, but they had these offspring, you know, these giants. So that's where they're at. See, everybody has giants in their life. We all have a giant we've got to face. Maybe it's two or three giants. Maybe a hundred giants. But they were, they were down here with the giant, the valley of the giants. That's where they were at. And David goes and gets humble before the Lord, gets down low before the Lord, and asks the Lord, shall I, go up against, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless... Now, this is what the Lord's saying. I will doubtless deliver you. Oh. Doubtless. Yeah. 
Oh, can that be God? No, God's saying, doubtless, doubtless, if you will lower yourself, I will doubtless deliver you. That's what he's saying to people right now. If you will respond to me, I will doubtless deliver you. Doubtless. That's a strong word when God says, there ain't no doubt about it. And when God says there's no doubt, I'm telling you there's no doubt. I mean, doubt is nothing. There's no place for doubt when God says there's no doubt. And that's part of what he's doing right now. He's delivering people. I'll doubtlessly deliver you, buddy. You want to come? Hey, Lord, Lord, are you really moving? Will you really do something? Oh, I'll doubtlessly do it. What's your job? I'll doubtlessly deliver you from your job if you are willing to humble yourself to me. If you're willing to tell the fellow in the cellar to shut up and grab hold of that guy in the attic, the fanatic, let the fanatic be in charge. Those fanatics. Ooh, I love those fanatics. Fanatics was always bad. I found out they really weren't bad. They was, they, they're great. They're wonderful. They were meant. They were really what God had for us, the fanatics. Because that's where you get the doubtless word from the Lord. It's when the fanatics listen. But your old fellow in the cellar, he ain't getting no doubtless stuff because he's got 974 reasons why it can't be God or why it ain't going to work. You can mess this church up. That's the fellow in the cellar. You can't, do, you can't say that's doubtless. You can't say that. Go up for I will doubtlessly deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to this place. Okay? So when I was reading, I was thinking, what in the world are you doing over yonder? The Lord just told you he was going to get those guys down there in the Valley of Giants, and here you are going over to this bell, wherever that is. Yeah, what's the bell parazin? What in the heck? They're over here in this Valley of the Giants, and you're over yonder somewhere. How are you going to, how's this going to work? It was another trick. It was something God was trying to tell us. It's the same place. That's the Valley of Giants, but guess what? When David got off on his, off the floor, got off his place and started heading where God told him, when he got his doubtless word, guess what? The name of the place changed from Valley of the Giants to Master of the Breakthrough. I mean, before he even got there, before he even stepped over the door, it's just like what the dude, Doug Murdoch, God's already knocked the door down! You know what he had to do anything but get up and walk through it. That's what happened. That's the Bible. They changed the name of the place. The Bible did. Me and the Holy Spirit did. I mean, he wrote the Bible. David got up and went to what used to be the Valley of Giants to now I'm going into the breakthrough. Man, that's pretty powerful, my you know, belief system. And David defeated them there. David defeated them there. The Lord said, doubtless. In fact, David, before you ever whoop them, they're whooped. Before you ever get up and head down that road, there's a breakthrough. And that's what the Lord's saying right now. There's a breakthrough. There really is a breakthrough available for everybody. What's your, what's your need of breakthrough this morning? I mean, honestly. The Lord has opened the door. 
And he says, I'll give you the breakthrough. Doubtless I'll give it to you. And before you ever get there in a situation, this is a taken care of deal. You're done. So um, then David went there, went to the breakthrough, the master breakthrough. And David defeated him there. And, the, and this is what he said. He says, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me. The Lord did it. He did it for me. He went before me and did it. Ain't that powerful? The Lord did it. Just like he said he would doubtless say, that's part of the upward call of God in Christ. Okay, that's what the Lord is doing right now. It looks stupid. It's messy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It can't be God. It's a fake. They're a bunch of fanatics. Oh, yes, we are fanatics. And we're going to get even more fanatical. That's the truth. Because it feels good to be fanatical. Because you get the breakthroughs. Things happen. Things you always wanted. Things you looked for for all your life. Things that God put in your heart. The breakthrough's there. And then he says, uh, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. You know, when water breaks, a dam breaks, you know, when it breaks, it's, you get out of it, and ain't nobody stopping it. I, you know, you, you don't want to mess with water when it starts breaking. That's, that's really what the river is. It's this breakthrough of water that God's releasing. Therefore, he called the place uh, the Lord of the breakthrough. And it went from the valley of giants to the master or Lord of breakthrough. And um, so the Lord really wants to help us you know, have these breakthroughs. And you know what? I'm just going to do this for you just so you will understand something. And it's not like some planned thing, but the Lord did show it to me this morning while I was preaching. Okay? It's an upward call of God in Christ. Okay? It's an upward call. God's calling us upward. But the paradox is, for us to go up we have to go down. You see what I'm saying? We have to go down. We have to get low. And in getting low, we find out we really went up. Because in the spiritual world, things don't, they're sort of flipped in some ways. I don't know if they always are, but they sure seem flipped to me. So the Lord was showing me this morning how to get this breakthrough. Anybody ever had any babies this morning in your life? I love babies. Don't you love babies? Don't y'all love babies? I mean, when... Come here to Daddy, or... Come here to Grandpa. Here's Grandpa. Come to me now. Come to me. Come. Come to me, baby. Come. Lord, here I come. Lord, here I come. Lord, here I come. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm staying down. I'm crawling. I am going to forget how to walk. And I'm going to crawl again. I'm going to let go of what I know. I'm going to let go of what I know about Christianity. I'm going to let go of what I know about the Bible. I'm going to let go of what I know about being a pastor. And I'm going to go back to this crawling mode. Yeah. Here I come, Lord. I'm crawling to you. I'm a little boy, Lord. I'm crawling. Oh, Lord, it feels so good to be that little boy again. It really feels good, Lord, because there's no pressure. There's no pressure. I can receive of you 
receive you, Lord. I can receive you. It's not that I'm begging God. I don't have to beg Him. I can promise you my granddaughter doesn't beg for nothing. You know? Her, she might beg her mama. I don't know. I'm not her mama. I'm her granddaddy. We don't have to beg God for this thing, but we do have to... We have to let the fanatic in the attic loose. Tell the fellow in the cell to shut up. And when we do that, the Lord does what he does. It's not begging him. Let me make sure you understand that. It's a free gift from God. But you've got to be willing to humble yourself. You've got to be willing to say, there's an upward call. I'm sitting here like in a stupor. Uh, I'm sitting here bored. I'm sitting here this. I'm sitting, and God is doing something, and I'm not connecting. Oh, I'm willing to. I'm willing to crawl. Jesus, I, I'm willing to let go of my opinion of that kind of crazy preaching, uh, of that kind of you know praying for people. I'm willing to let go if I can gain you, if I can gain what you're doing right now, if I can have the breakthroughs in my life. Oh Lord, uh, John three sixteen. I don't understand John 3.16, Lord. I'm willing to crawl into your arms to hear it in a fresh way, to hear more about, for God so loved me. I like it. The fanatic in the attic loves it. The fellow in the cellar, he's thinking, what in the world are you doing? You know? Well, this is what I'm doing. I'm appealing to you this morning. That's what I'm doing. I'm appealing to you. And you can decide if you believe this is God or not. If you don't believe it is, that's okay. But I wouldn't be saying all this if I didn't believe it was God, so you know where I stand. <laughs> but I am appealing to you. God can do something in your life if you're willing to get down and crawl. Now, what does that mean? Oh, whatever it means. You don't have to physically crawl unless the Lord tells you to. The only reason I physically crawl, I just saw myself physically crawling. This is an illustration. I saw myself physically laying down. You don't have to do any of that. It's whatever the Holy Spirit does in your life. You see what I'm saying? That's what God wants to do. But see, there we're in a time right now where God is doing something. And we can either respond to it or reject it. You get to make the call. So my appeal is God's doing something. Respond. And if you respond, He will doubtless come through for you. Amen? So, Just wanted to share this with you briefly, but Arthur Birch um, was here about a month ago. He's um, a man that's in his 90s, he's like 95, who has been a spiritual father to Byron and I and many of us in this congregation. And he came, was here and um, shared a message with us and told us it was his last time he came from England. He's lived through many moves of God, um, or several in um, it, he told us it was his last time he stood up here on a Wednesday night 
and he um, it, it was just heartbreaking just because he stood up and said well you won't see me again he really he, he says he's not traveling here again and um, and it was just it just hit me it's like an error for us and the thing that Arthur has imparted to us is a love for the move of God a love for his presence and, and no matter what he, you know and he has looked for that. He really hoped before he went on to be with the Lord that he would be able to live through another move of God. And um, <clears throat> he stayed with us that night and the next morning. I always love that because we get to hear. He, he just talks to us about things in his life, stories and things. And, um, and that particular morning... Um, we had invited a, another pastor friend to come and have time with him uh, because he knew it was going to be his last time. And so what happened, I just want to share this with you, that we were sitting in the living room, and um, <clears throat> he was talking. It was Robin McMillan. Many of y'all know him, but he was talking with Robin, and the Lord's presence came into the room. And Robin went over and laid hands on him, and... Um, and the Lord just came. It was amazing. I mean, we just all got really hit with the Lord. Arthur got hit with the Lord at that moment. We just had a real God moment. And when we were done, Arthur spent most of his time talking to Robin. When we were done, um, he Arthur looked at us and said, I feel like you guys um, didn't get your opportunity to talk, you know, to be with me some. And, and, I, and I really looked at him and said, no, this is what was supposed to happen. And he left that day went on. I don't know that we'll ever see him, but I've just been thought about that over and over. And the last, but the Lord said to me, the last time he was with us was the time before that. I felt like it was the thing that the Lord put in my spirit that Arthur wanted to part. And it's this. He told me this, that back in, I don't even know what time period it was, he was in a meeting. The Lord was moving in this congregation. And he was moving on the children. And they were getting really, they were being, you know, falling under the power. And the Lord was moving mightily with the children. It was amazing. Well, the adults were listening to the fellow in the cellar. They really had a hard time with it. They started shutting it down. And what they did was put the children in another room where it was cold. There was not even heat in this room. And they they decided to just put the children over there to try to deal with it. This was the last thing Arthur said to me in one of his stories. And they put the children in this other room. And the the, went, the, uh, the adults went back into the main congregation, just went on, carried on. Well, when the parents went to go pick up their children in this cold room, it was hot in there. These, there was, they, these kids were hot. And the move of the Lord continued on in that room. It was amazing. And that went on for several meetings. I don't know how long. He said, but eventually, you know, because people rejected what was going on with the children, the presence of the Lord lifted from that congregation. And I, 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 didn't, I really didn't know why. I was actually the only one at the table that heard that story. And I really feel like now the Lord's really brought that back to us. And I feel like what's happening here... I, you know, just want us to hear the word of the Lord, you know, just hear. And uh, the Lord's actually been moving with us since he left. I don't really know what that means. We just, from the moment in our living room, 
something altered in us. I don't really know. But I'm just saying, let's just hear what the Lord's saying and let's respond to Him.